Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A warm up from Evo. Welcome to Love Las Vegas. We're coast to coast seats with myself, Greg Hughes Peters, and now part of the Decent Family of Podcasts. And we've got a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment. We are going to be joined by one of our friends over there at Bustin' Brackets. That would be Cooper Watson. He has done a great job of taking a look at all that we wound up getting in the NBA Draft Combine this week. So we're going to be talking about guys that wound up helping and hurting their sock a little bit. Just schools in general that they've got a lot to gain slash lose with regards to these decisions as they're going to be made within the next 10 days as to whether guys are going to be staying in the NBA draft or going. We did want to see a few of those decisions made already, so we're going to be hitting upon those in the final segment along transfer moves. Why there's been a little bit of a, shall we say, transfer hangover, a little bit of a holding period with regards to a lot of these guys due to the NBA draft decisions as well. So, we're going to be having that chat in the second segment. And we're also going to be talking about a little bit about the Big Ten in general. I know that many people feel like I'm pooping on the Big Ten, but it just feels like a conference that's relatively down. We're going to be talking about that in relationship to the Trace Jackson Davis news that he is returning to Indiana. And then in the final segment, going to be recapping all those transfer and draft decisions that we wound up seeing on Saturday. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNRN41. Keep in mind, letters they mean does not matter size per usual. Please just send these into the timeline and the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're both firing whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast by the five star review. Hoping to start up with conference previews in about two, maybe three weeks. It might wind up being a little bit later because we are dealing with all these moves out there in the transfer portal, but I am building towards those once we wind up getting these NBA draft decisions and a little bit more clarity with the transfer portal. Good to be getting those all gassed up and coming next, we're going to get all gassed up with our good Frank Cooper Watson. He's going to talk to us about some of the guys that have big decisions to make with regards to the NBA draft, teams that have a lot to gain slash lose as well. So that's up next right here on Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Spears, and now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to Across Generations where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. 
I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. 
I'm very jealous <laughs> of your generation yeah. that didn't have to deal with Instagram and that. Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. We create magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Ibs and now a part of the Beeson family and podcast. And it is great to be joined by our guest as Cooper Watson is doing absolutely amazing work. Holding it down in the eastern part of the country, taking a look at college basketball. A lot of his work is over there at the fan sided network with busting brackets. And I know that this is a man that has tirelessly been taking a look at college basketball all 12 months out of the year. Guy does an absolutely terrific job with being able to keep in tune all season long, and you're able to follow him on Twitter at his name, Cooper, and then you've got the letter T in between, and then Watson all together. And Cooper, it is great to have you aboard, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me. It's great to be here, Craig. Thanks for having me, man. It is great to have you aboard, and Cooper, it is that time of the year that it feels like we're in a little bit of a holding pattern. We still have quite a few big names that are out there with regards to the transfer portal, like a Malachi Smith, like even a Tyrese Hunter, I would consider him probably the, the biggest guy on the board, as a matter of fact. But it does sort of feel like we're in that holding pattern because a few of these guys, they're both in for the NBA draft and they're also in for the transfer portal. And I'm not sure about you, but it feels like with a lot of these bigger guns, I feel like a lot of them are holding off as to where they're going to be transferring to until you do wind up seeing these NBA draft decisions. And in some cases we might wind up seeing a package deal with regards to a few of them. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It's that weird time where the portal slows down for a number of reasons, but also, I mean, teams are filling out their scholarship count. Sometimes teams have to hold on to spots for guys that are testing the waters. You don't want to just give up that scholarship. Other times they fill it. I mean, it's interesting, but I mean, I look at a team like Wake Forest with 12 scholarships right now. I would look for them at this point for Steve Forbes to try to fill up that last spot, that 13th scholarship. And that's 12, not counting. It would be 13 with Jake LaRavia to just jump right into the combine stuff. He didn't play in the combine. He was going to play in the scrimmages, did not backed out the night before, which makes me think he got some sort of promise. First round promise. He's risen way, way up. So there are 12 scholarships without him. So they're going to look to fill that. It's just that weird time, man, where, you know, it's not as crazy as it was a month ago, two months ago, I guess a month and a half ago when the season ends in the portal, you know, there's a thousand players that jump in and they're transferring everywhere. But it's frustrating because like Houston, Marcus Sasser played really well. And then also you've got Kenny Lofton, who 
did pretty well at the combine. He's been rumored to be, if he returns to school, potentially a target to go there. So, you know, it's like a month ago, we're thinking, okay, they're going to get both. And now they both play well this week. Do they get either? Does Sasser leave? Does Lofton leave? That drops their chances of being preseason number one. So it's exciting, but it's frustrating. I tend to think Sasser and Lofton are both going to leave, which is going to be a tough draw for Houston, who I would have preseason number one if they both returned. Yeah, I am right there with you. If both of those guys were to go in, I would have them at number one. And I and even if you don't wind up getting either of those guys, you could wind up seeing Kyler Edwards conceivably be able to come back as well. So that could be one of those things because if both of those guys were to come in, I think that Edwards would be as good as gone. So you do wind up having that little bit of game of Jenga right there. But certainly it is a case which I still think that Houston, even if both of those guys leave, they're still in the top 10. But they are no doubt going to be a team that has a lot riding on well, why it's happening with regards to these NBA draft decisions, as we do have Cooper Watson joining me on the podcast. You also touched on Wake Forest a little bit as well. I feel like Alondis Williams, along with Jake Laravia, are as good as gone. I'd be very surprised if either of those guys wind up coming back to school. But I do think that it is so interesting to take a look at what we're going to be able to get out of Michigan as well, because Caleb Houston, Musa Diabate, both of these guys are sort of on the cut line. I believe that it was Houston that did not wind up taking part in the scrimmages. So, you got to wonder if there's a little bit of a promise going on there as well. And this is always the one time of year in college basketball where you want to be taking a look at the NBA a little bit as well. I feel like both worlds wind up combining for a few weeks where both of these sort of become interlocked with regards to what we're seeing off the floor. But I do think that Michigan is another team that they've got a lot to gain or lose. I don't know who else you'd be placing with regards to that category, but also take a look at Arizona with Dallin Terry, and I think that's one of the bigger decisions out there as well. Yeah, I mean, Michigan's a big one with those two guys. Houston is, depending on where you look, usually early second round. You know, you wonder if he got something and you think he's going to go late first round. Most guys don't pass that up if they can get a first round guarantee. Who would blame them? Because that's where the guaranteed money cutoff is, I believe, as well in the first round. I don't believe any of the second round draft picks get guaranteed money. So that's the big deal when it comes to that. But And the Big Ten's not that strong, or it's not going to be that strong. I'm very confident in saying that, you know, compared to the SEC, Big 12, and just compared to the Big Ten, what we're used to the last couple of years is going to be really down. I mean, Indiana might be the favorite right now, and that feels not great to say, not because I have anything against Indiana, just because we all know what we've gotten from Indiana in recent years. Just not a team you want to trust, but the Big Ten's down. So if Houston and Diabate return, I tend to think Diabate is going to return. Houston, maybe not. But I mean, it could vault them up to maybe be in the favorite. I'm not confident in them. I'm just not. But they'll be in the mix. I'm not confident in anybody in the Big Ten. Somebody's got to win that league, though. i tell you another one that's interesting, and they're not going to be good either way. And I'm going to stay in North Carolina where I'm at with this one. NC State is going to be an interesting one. Finished last place in the ACC last year. Kevin Keats, it's going to be his last year if he can't get something out of the team. NCAA tournament, probably going to be necessary to save his job there. But Terquavion Smith and Darion Sebron, both in testing the waters. Terquavion has been a guy who played really, really well at the scrimmages. He can be an instant offense guy. Had shaky moments last year. I mean, the team he was on obviously wasn't very good, so he was having to take bad shots at times, bail guys out. He was just leaned on so heavily for offense. Sebron, I think, might come back. Also played well in the scrimmages, which makes it interesting. A weird case there where he, you know, went into last year basically unknown 
by scouts, played really well, ended up playing some point guard at the end of the year. I mean, it's a guy who's 6'6", six, 6'9", six, six, wingspan, I believe. So he's long, entered the season as a forward, grabbing 10 boards a game, finished playing point guard, and looked like he was playing some point guard in the scrimmages as well at the combine, which NBA scouts like. They like big guards. I mean, that's the thing now. So maybe he comes back, plays point guard all of next season, and then a year from now, scouts are more confident in that. But NC State is one where, man, if both those guys leave, it's going to be a brutal year for NC State fans, and it's going to be Kevin Keats last year in Raleigh. Put up or shut up time for sure for Mr. Kevin Keats. He did wind up getting DJ Burns in the transfer portal. I like him, even though he's never really played more than about 25 or so minutes per game, which that's a little bit of a limiter for him, but it's mm-hmm. going to be massive for NC State to say the least, because if both of those guys wind up returning, I don't know if they're an NCAA tournament team, but they're certainly trending upward. And if both of those guys leave, it's going to be another team that just towards the bottom of the ACC once again. And I'm so glad that you wind up bringing up Indiana because we did wind up seeing it on Friday. The fact that they're going to be getting Trace Jackson Davis back in the fold. And they've done a solid job with regards to recruiting, but I think that's going to be fascinating to take a look at this team because I take a look at the Big Ten, and to your point, I've been talking about this quite a bit in the offseason. Haven't loved the moves that they made in the transfer portal. I think that you just see more of them in general. Just feels like the Big Ten, they all wind up playing the same style, all these teams. They wind up having those star-studded bigs. They play super slow, and then once they wind up playing against teams that are outside the conference in the NCAA tournament, the other teams just wind up catching up to them because the Big Ten, it feels like they've got a lot of teams with a very high floor, but not necessarily a high ceiling with the way that they wind up playing. And I just feel like it could be one of those cases, once again, where you get your one or two teams into the Sweet 16. If Michigan winds up bringing back their pieces, I think that they'll be rocks all once again. To your point, Indiana with Jay, Trace Jackson Davis back. I think that they're going to be there. I don't know if I would necessarily put them at the top of the Big Ten because I still think that there's a few question marks with regards to the draft decisions of Michigan, but I certainly am in on them being a top three team. But I think it's going to be the same old, same old for the Big Ten. A lot of teams that they look solid at the beginning of the year, but just because the ceiling isn't high with these Big Ten teams, teams wind up from other conferences catching up to them. Yeah, it's going to be interesting with that. I don't know if they're going to be as good in the regular season. I know it's still going to be a strong league. And, you know, when I say it's going to be a down year, it'll still be a top four league probably. You know, if it's not the best league, second best league during the regular season, is this weirdly going to be the year where they have some teams break through and make Elite Eight Final Four? I don't know. It could be. It could be one of those weird situations, which is just why we love college basketball because it's so unbelievably unpredictable, even though we try our best to predict it. But yeah, Michigan's interesting. I just don't have confidence looking through a lot of these teams. I mean, Purdue can't seem to figure out the transfer portal. Michigan State can't seem to figure out the transfer portal. Both are going to be good again. Good, not great. I'm not confident that either is going to be great. Illinois interesting. I can't fully buy into Illinois. I mean, they got some nice pieces. Terrence Shannon's obviously a nice pickup. I'm not going to pick Coleman Hawkins you know, RJ Melendez, Sky Clark, I'm not going to pick that to win the Big Ten. They'll be good. I just, I don't know. I don't feel comfortable with any of these teams. I don't. Indiana has the most sure thing. Trace Jackson Davis, you know, Michigan does have. Um, Hunter Dickinson. Hunter Dickinson as well. That that would be my two. If we were going Big Ten and you had to make me pick two, 
two favorites right now. It is Cooper Watson of Bust and Brackets joining me right here on Coast to Coast. And Cooper, we just talked a little bit about the Big Ten, obviously. They've got a team in Michigan that I think has some big NBA draft decisions. And when it comes to draft decisions, we just wound up getting the combine. And when it comes to what we wound up getting out there in the NBA draft combine, who's a guy or two that you feel like maybe you thought he was as good as gone, but really hurt his stock a little bit? This past weekend, or vice versa, a guy that you thought was going to be coming back, and now it looks like it's going to be a little bit more questionable as to whether or not he's going to be returning to school and or entering into the transfer portal. I don't know if it's thought he was going to leave and now he might come back. I still think this guy's going to be gone, but not a great set of measurements from Patrick Baldwin. Oh yeah, he's taller than we thought, he or than I thought. He's six ten over six ten in shoes. Long wingspan, good standing reach, but the vertical stuff was not great. 23.5 inch standing vert, 26.5 inch max vert, which was the worst in the combine. Looking through the prior years to get a, just a comparison, I didn't have to go back very far. I went back last year. Luca Garza, a guy obviously not known for his athleticism, had a higher standing vertical leap and max vertical leap than Patrick Baldwin, which is not great. Not great company there to be in, in terms of athleticism. If your selling point is that you're a versatile wing who can play multiple positions, guard multiple positions, you know, I mean, vertical isn't the only measure of athleticism, obviously agility, foot speed. I mean, it's all a big part of that, but just not great. Not a great set of measurements from Pat Baldwin, who really, to this point, and I like the guy, I, I hope he has a great career, but ever since the you know commitment to Milwaukee over Duke, terrible season there for the team. He's injured multiple times, in and out. Draft stock drops, you know, basically to the end of the first round, early second round from where he was projected top 10 pick going in and just still not really helping himself. I mean, that's just a guy whose stock has been steadily downwards for the last eight months. Tough to see there. As far as guys who helped themselves, I mentioned Jake Laravian, Turquavian Smith already. I'll touch on them again. Those are guys where I was kind of on the fence a little bit. When the season ends, you're thinking, okay, maybe these guys are early second round. Do they want that? Turquavian in particular, I know for a fact, is being very patient with the process, he was not a guy that was really looking to leave. He wanted to test it. You know, it's testing the waters for a reason. And he's helped himself a lot. And he's worked his way up into safely in the into the first round, I believe. Maybe up to around 20, high 20s maybe in the first round. And he's just a guy who can score. And Laravia is, is the definition of a versatile wing. His lane agility stuff. And again, these measurements are sound corny. And I'm not huge on them. They're not the end-all be-all. But... Every now and then you get one for a couple guys that stands out on one end or the other. He's super agile. Foot speed's great. Shot the ball great. Made like 17 out of 25 threes in one of those drills. And I watched the guy at Wake Forest last year. I know for a fact that's not a fluke. He didn't just have a good couple days. He's a very, very good player. I would hate to see him not come back to Wake, which looks like it's going to be the case. But yeah, Turquavion Smith, Jake LaRavia, guys that helped themselves. Pat Baldwin, you know, again, just the downward trend on his prospects. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I've been saying it for a while. I think that Pat Baldwin Jr., I mean, I have not seen a stock go this low since Enron. It has been really, really bad with him. And there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And then also another guy that you threw in a little bit earlier, 
Kenny Lofton going to be interesting to see yeah. what winds up happening with him because he actually started at the G League Combine, made it to the actual Combine. He's been getting himself in shape, so certainly going to be watching that. And Cooper, I know that you're doing a great job of BLK this. You do amazing work over there at Busting Brackets. I know that you and another mutual friend in Tristan Freeman do an absolutely nice job being able to tear it up there. And I know that you're doing just everything that you can to be able to gauge what we're getting this offseason. Obviously, the NBA draft decisions really the main thing at this point, but I know that you're going to have previews once things become a little bit more crystallized. I know that you're doing a nice job taking a look at all these moves to so let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and just everything they've got going on in general. Yeah, social media, just uh, Cooper T. Watson on Twitter. In terms of stuff I'm working on, Busting Brackets is most of my written stuff is going to be on there. So yeah, previews when it comes closer. I haven't written a ton of draft stuff. I'm going to try to get that done. I might even have an early 2023 mock uh, coming out. No promises on that, but hopefully I can get that done. And then previews. Yeah, once stuff's more finalized, it depends on these draft decisions, as you know, in terms of previewing a lot of this stuff. Best futures bets, stuff like that. Tough to hand out stuff like that when there's a lot in the air still. Uh, with some of these big names. But yeah, Cooper T. Watson on Twitter, most of my written stuff on busting brackets. Thanks for having me on, Greg. Always a pleasure to have Cooper Watson on there and to his point of taking a look at the futures. I mean, Jalen Williams, look no further than him with Arkansas. I mean, if he winds up coming back, that's going to be big. If he doesn't wind up coming back, Arkansas is still in good shape, but going to be able to get a little bit of a better number on them. So big next few weeks with regards to futures, with regards to these NBA draft decisions, big few weeks in general, taking a look at the college basketball landscape and Cooper Watson doing an amazing job. We'll be able to take a look at all of it for Bustin Bracket. So big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment right here on Coast to Coast Hoops, part of the Vison family of podcasts. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you a little bit of a round of to all the news and notes that we want up getting in college basketball on Saturday. everybody welcome to across generations where the voices of black women unite in powerful conversations i'm your host tiffany cross tiffany cross i want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood friendship wisdom and laughter in every episode we gather a seasoned elder but even with a child there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them myself as the middle generation I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. 
I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. 
someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for Jessica Soups with myself, Greg Ape Spears. And now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is always a pleasure to be able to get Cooper Watson on this podcast. He does a terrific job over there at Bussin Brackets, covering college basketball all 12 months out of the year and doing so quite well. So a big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time podcast. I give you a little bit of a roundup as to all the news and notes that we wound up seeing in college basketball on Saturday. And we're going to go with the transfers first. And then we did wind up seeing a couple guys decide upon their NBA draft fate, whether they're going to be staying in or if they're going to be pulling out. Cam Ferris, someone who was a very good sharpshooter this last year at Robert Morris during the 2021-22 season, shot 40% from three, actually down from when he shot 46% from distance as a freshman, put up 9.5 points per game. He's heading to Maris, a Maris team that they were able to do a solid job of being able to hit threes last season. J.O. Atika leaving in the transfer portal to Wake Forest. That wound up hurting them quite a bit, so they have been able to find a relatively solid replacement in Mr. Cam Ferris, so I think that this makes all the sense in the world. It's a little bit of a downgrade still from Atika, but I do think that by and large, they did a solid job in this one with regards to the transfer portal. We did also wind up seeing Justin Rochelin. He was playing this last season at Arizona State. He decided that he is going to be going to a school right out there in the conference in Oregon State. He wanted bread churning this last season, so he was not able to make too much of an impact. You could tell that Arizona State was just a little bit too packed up with guys, and then they wound up having a bunch of injuries, and that was just a little bit of a hot mess. But Rochelin, a native of the state of California, in the class of 2021, number 224, a guy that's six foot four. You would like him to be able to shoot a little bit better because in someone that is actually halfway decent on the glass, he's able to guard multiple positions little bit more of a defensive stopper. He's going to need to work on his offense a little bit, but I mean, for Arizona State, they could just use any sort of upward momentum whatsoever that they can get in. This is upward momentum for them, so that is going to be able to help them out a little bit. Seven-foot Timothy Igahovi. He has decided that he is going to be going to Cal Baptist. Pretty much the Georgetown designated rebounder this last season. That's the best way of being able to put it, because you want to give the team a block, 5.7 rebounds, and 2.8 points per contest. He literally got more than two rebounds for every point that he wound up scoring, but this is going to be big for Cal Baptist because Cal Baptist in the offseason, they wound up losing their main big man in Daniel Aiken, but you take a look at what the Lancers have been able to do this offseason. Absolutely massive for them as they wound up having a good year last year whenever Taron Armstrong was out there on the floor. I mean, really, Armstrong squared was very big for Cal Baptist in general, but you take a look at some of the guys that they've been able to add, and they've done a great job. Riley Batten is a six foot nine combo player that is going to be coming in from Utah. That is no doubt going to be able to help them out. You take a look past that, and Blondu Chakongo, he winds coming in from New Hampshire, a guy that's able to handle the ball, was able to give the team right around eight to nine points per game. Joe Kitana, one of the most underrated sharpshooters in all of college basketball, is coming in. And then Hunter Goodrick, someone who put up right around seven to eight rebounds per game at South Dakota. He enters into the program. You've got quite a few guys that are returning from last year as well. So I take a look at Cal Baptist. Arrow, 
trending way, way upward on them. Hey, the arrow is trending a little bit more upward on Ido as well as they wound up landing a pair of relatively solid transfers. They're going to be bringing in Trey Smith, who last season was over at San Jose State. And why is that? San Jose State was a starter for the team, right around 8.5 points per contest. Shot 32% from three-point range. Someone who had six foot three. you'd like to see him be able to facilitate a little bit more, but was really a bright spot for San Jose State this last season. And for Ido, this is a bunch that they've really hit the transfer portal hard the last few seasons. Mikey Dixon is one that wanted coming in by the transfer portal last offseason. This offseason, really the biggest move up until this point was Devante Mafadu is coming in from Seattle Pacific, was able to tear it up there, but that was at the non-D1 level. Now they also wind up bringing in Taryn Frank, though, from Vanderbilt. While he was at Vanderbilt, we're going to call what it is. Didn't wind up seeing a whole heck of a lot of playing time, but I think that he's going to be able to come in, and I think that he's going to be able to do a relatively solid job. This is someone that was relatively highly touted coming out of high school. It's not like it was a case in which he was a top 100 guy or anything like that, but you take a look at Frank, someone who's got a relatively solid skill set, someone who I do think is going to be able to do a nice job of being able to hold it down for this team at right around six foot eight, 235 pounds, began his career at TCU and was, I believe, a top 200 recruit while he's with TCU, someone that while he's with TCU during the 2020-21 season, shot 38.5% from three-point range as a six foot eight combo player with Ido. They need to work on their defense a little bit. It was ghastly bad, but offense was certainly there with this team, so I take a look at this addition. I think that it is going to be able to help them out. Isaac Spears, he is going to be looking to help out Cal Poly. He has decided that he is going to be transferring from Montana State to Cal Poly. Just did not wind up seeing a lot of playing time whatsoever, and we're going to call it what it is. Cal Poly probably in for another relatively downer of a year. It's just been a case which Cal Poly has had Murphy's Law hit them. Everything that can go wrong will go wrong with Spears. He actually wound up being from the lovely city of Las Vegas, but still someone who he stands right around six foot four ish, not necessarily a great shooter, not necessarily great on defense. There's a reason why he was glued to the bench at Montana State this last season. So I think that it's going to be another long year for our friends over there at Cal Poly. But with that said, they wind up bringing in someone, Alden Applewhite. He wound up playing two games last season. He was over there at Mississippi State. He decided that he is going to be going to Portland, and Portland has done a good job of being able to pluck out some of these transfers. Now, typically, they wind up going with guys that wound up having a modicum of success more at the mid-major level, but with Applewhite, you take a look at how he's rated by 247 Sports. Number 172 recruit in the class of 2021. Someone who had six foot seven is able to bury a couple threes. He is likened a little bit more to a Moses Wood who wound up having a little bit of success at UNLV. Came in this last season, was able to do a very solid job, and he's a very good athlete. He is a little bit raw, but still with just his sheer athleticism, he should be able to be able to hang with a lot of teams not named Gonzaga out there in the WCC. So I do like this for them. You did wind up seeing Bryce Brown. No, not the NBA Bryce Brown, but rather the gentleman that was at Tarleton State last season. He decided that he is going to be going down to the non-D1 level. He's going to be playing at UNC Pembroke. This is very easy for your handicap. Brown only wound up averaging one point per contest. All you need to do is cross out the name of Bryce Brown because you no longer need to evaluate when he's going to be able to do this next season. And you're done with that with regards to your handicapping. So anyways, keeps things clean and easy. Taj Thawit, he was playing most recently at West Virginia. He was deciding that he was going to be going to Coastal Carolina. He has now decided that instead he is actually going to be going to Temple as we do give our Odalane Kiffinier goals as he, while he was over at West Virginia, just did not wind up doing anything whatsoever. 
number 367 recruit with the class of 2020. He projects out to be a six foot six defensive stopper. Doesn't necessarily provide a lot on offense. Can be relatively solid on defense, and that sounds about right for Temple because they've been investing in a lot of guys that they do a nice job of being able to guard. You need a little bit more of a dominant rebounder. This is not someone that's going to be able to provide that, but. I mean, it's going to help out the Temple defense a little bit. That's about all that I could say about that. Abrima Watara, he wound up entering in the transfer portal, was playing at Fairleigh Dickinson this last season, was someone that wanted coming in off the bench, was able to give the team right around 4.5 points, needs to work on the rebounding, right around 2.2 rebounds per game because at 6'5", not a guy that necessarily takes a lot of threes. So there are quite a few shall we say, holes with regards to this game, but he did wind up seeing a couple more minutes towards back half of the season, final 12 games of the campaign, wound up shooting 50% from three-point range, was a relatively small sample size, was able to give the team a half a seal per contest, so we shall see how things wind up working out for him, and then you did wind up seeing Chandler Baker, he was actually playing at the non-D1 level for Belmont Abbey, actually relatively solid D2 school, he has decided that he is going to be going up to Colgate. For Colgate to get any sort of a transfer, this is very big for them because the academic standards when it comes to Patriot Lake, I mean, to put it to you this way, with regards to academic standards, obviously the Ivy League is number one. Patriot League is number two, so you needed to find a smart kid to be able to wind up being able to get a transfer, and they've got that in Mr. Baker. He last season while he's at Belmont Abbey, averaged right around 13 and a half points per contest. Not a guy that's going to be versatile and pulling rebounds, but with Colgate, they love guys that are able to shoot the three, and you know what? Chandler Baker, he's six foot five, and he wound up being able to bury 45.7% of his threes, and he took over four threes per contest. So, I mean, this is going to be a very solid gift for them, Belmont Abbey. In past years. They have played against some D1 schools. I don't think that they wanted doing so last season, but at the D2 level, this guy was able to light things ablaze, so this, I think, is going to be very impactful for them. And then we wound up getting some NBA draft decisions over the last 24 hours as well. Chuba Owens is going to be staying in the NBA draft. This is going to be a little bit of an impact for Fordham because, as we know, they wound up losing their coach in Kyle Neptune during the offseason, so they had to promote from within and with Ohms. You can tell just the big difference that they wound up having with Slash without him on the floor, so it's one of those cases to use the good old water boy line. Oh no, we suck again. As he wound up having last year 15 points, 11 and a half rebounds, right around one and a half blocks per contest. And now it's back to the drawing boards for Fordham, who is probably going to be at the bottom of the Atlantic 10, sadly, once again. Tumani Kamara is going to be returning to Dayton. This is going to be very big for them because they've got another Malachi Smith that is able to do a solid job for them. He unfortunately wound up having a season ended by injury. I think taking a look at his injury and whether or not he's going to be set for night number one is going to be big. Well, with Kamara wound up beginning his career at Georgia, wound up putting up 11 points, 7 rebounds, just under a block per contest. This last season at Dayton, shot 34% from three as a six foot eight, little bit of a stretch player, very good defender for a Dayton team that they played at a very slow style but at the same time, they did a very solid job with that slow style, and I think that he's going to be a big cog once again for a Dayton team that's been doing a solid job of being able to recruit. They bring back darn near everyone from last year. They should be an NCAA tournament contender, and they could wind up being a top 25 team when it's all said and done. Tevin Brown, he was playing last year, and Murray State, he is going to be staying in the NBA draft. 
Not really too much of a shock here as he wound up averaging 17 points, 5.5 boards, 3 assists, shot 38.5% from 3. You figured, if anything, he'd be probably deciding to transfer with the way that you wound up seeing the overhauling at Murray State because you wound up having Mr. Mac McMahon decide that he was going to be leaving the program. Now it's Steve Prohm who is back at the helm of that school. So that is something that is relatively big for Murray State because they were hoping to have him come back, but I was thinking that that would not be the case. Yuri Collins has decided that he's going to withdraw from the NBA draft and he's heading back to St. Louis. Very much saw this coming. He did wind up putting up big numbers, 11 points, 8 assists, 4 rebounds over a steal and a half per contest last season. The big thing with Yuri Collins, he's got to be able to lock it in with regards to turnovers. 4.1 for contest. If that wasn't number one in all of college basketball last year, that wasn't far from it, but he has been able to help out his three-point shooting. Shot 36% from three-point range this last season, and his free-throw shooting first two years on campus was a little bit over 60%. 81% this last season, so certainly took some strides in the right direction. Got to work on the turnovers for those NBA scouts. So that is something to take a look at. Teddy Allen, he has decided that he is going to be staying in the NBA draft. Not necessarily too much of a shock here. If he was going to not stay in the NBA draft, you figured that he would probably transfer away, especially with New Mexico State picking up Xavier Pinson within the last 72 hours. So he figures to take his place as, I mean, for Teddy Allen, he wound up just being absolutely explosive on offense. Pinson not going to be able to replace sort of that three-point shooting they had last season. And though he only shot right around 33 and percent from distance, we saw him come up big in that NCAA tournament game against UConn and was it's just a sad cheat stuff for 19.5 points, 2.5 assists, 6.5 rebounds. So he is going to be sorely missed by New Mexico State. And Sally Boom, he has decided that he is going to be playing for Xavier next year. He decided that he was going to be going out of the NBA draft. This is very much to be expected because with Boom, I mean, he announced a few weeks ago that he was going to be going to Xavier. I have not really seen anyone decide where they're going to transfer, say, in the NBA draft to this point. So that is something that you want to be taking a look at here. If a guy decides, oh, I'm going to go insert place here with regards to the transfer portal, they're probably not going to be staying in the NBA draft, but with Boom. He wound up missing a couple of games last season due to health and safety protocols, but at UTEP, 20 points, 4.5 rebounds, 3 assists, 1.8 seals, shot 37% from 3. He is one of the most underrated transfers in all of college basketball, in my opinion. Him deciding to just go full in with regards to Xavier, that is very big for the Big East and Xavier in general. And then you did wind up seeing Josiah Jordan-James decide that he is going to be coming back to Tennessee. He withdrew from the NBA draft, and this is big for Tennessee because you take a look at the top two scorers in Kennedy Chandler and Santiago Vescovi. They were very nice last season, as we know Chandler. He's out there in the NBA draft, but I feel like Josiah Jordan-James is just really the heart and soul of that team. Last year, he just did it all. 10.5 points, 6 rebounds, seal and a half. A block per game, shot right around 32.5% from three, 80% at the free throw line. Just does a great job of being a versatile defender. Someone with good size at six foot six, wanted coming in with quite a bit of fanfare. He was a former top 25 recruit and he stuck around for quite a while. Just not necessarily a guy that wows you, not a guy that is probably going to have necessarily a rambunctious NBA career, but a guy that at the college level for Tennessee, very big. So getting him back, that is big. And then we wound up seeing Matthew Meyer, who a lot of teams are going to be wanting him in the transfer portal. He decided to pull out of the NBA draft, wound up having a little bit of 
a disappointing season this last year. 9.8 points per contest, 5 rebounds, shot right around 32.5% from threes, a six foot nine, little bit of a combo player. You thought that after that Baylor run to the title, he was going to be able to take a little bit more of a stride forward because they were missing all those guys like Macy Oteague and company. He wasn't necessarily able to do so. You wound up seeing Baylor in the offseason bring in a few forwards, including Caleb Lohner from BYU. So now he's got a decision to make. Go back to Baylor. Does he wind up hitting the transfer portal, going to a school like Nudge, Nudge, Wink, Wink, North Carolina? That's something that I'm going to be taking a look at on this podcast because that is a big addition to the transfer portal. And I've got you guys caught up on a little bit of everything that we're getting this college basketball offseason. So if you do like returning from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and tune in. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM, maybe it does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline and the other ways find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, Arable Fire and whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast, find that five star review. Big thanks to Cooper Watson of Bustin' Brackets for joining me in the last segment. And I'll be coming at you guys every single day this offseason, along with once we wind up getting into season, picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. So appreciate you guys tuning in today, and I'll catch you once again tomorrow. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.